What's up, Don Nation? Here's a quick question for you. Do you need to go to school for music? In fact, is it smart to even go to school in general at all anymore? I mean, it's 2020 now, right? Does college still have the same effect that it did 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Is it integral? Do you need a degree? So everyone just needs to calm down because we're gonna be answering all of these questions in this week's episode of Behind the Daw with Pluko. What's up, Don Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy. I'm a music producer much like yourself, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Behind the Dock. Now, if you're new to the series, this is a series where we interview huge music producers, music industry experts, singers, songwriters, sound designers, everyone in that kind of room space on an emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis. So if you want to keep learning from huge people in the music industry, huge music producers, people of that nature, so that you can number one, get better at music, number two, make a bigger impact with your music, and number three, start making a living off something that you're actually passionate about, then go ahead, go right below this video and hit that little subscribe button, as well as ticking the little notification bell so that you get notified every single time that we put out a new piece of content. Also, if you're on the podcast, welcome. We love you. It's so awesome to have you here. Obviously, you can't go below the video because there's no video. So go ahead, hit the follow button, subscribe button, whatever's on the particular platform that you're listening on, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Deezer, SoundCloud, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button, follow button, whatever it is, so that you can keep partaking of our content as well. So now, Donation, the big question is, what are you going to get out of this week's episode? That is a fantastic question. I love that question. So like I mentioned in the intro of this episode, we are going to be interviewing Pluko, who if you don't know who he is, come on. The dude has like between 400 and 500,000 monthly listeners. He just graduated high school in 2019. What? That's amazing. Wouldn't you want to learn from someone like that? I would. So obviously, he's doing something right right now. But what are you going to learn in this week's episode? There is a whole bunch of topics that we're going to be covering this week. However, a few of the things that we're going to be covering that you can plan to walk away with are number one, is it bad to be obsessive or is it good to be obsessive? Is it If there is a song, a mix, a snare EQ, you know what I'm talking about. If there's something like that, you obsess over it, is that to your benefit or is it to your detriment? Is there a healthy obsession, an unhealthy obsession? We're gonna be talking about it. Second thing that we're gonna be talking about is should you lower your expectations as a music producer, as a musician, as a songwriter, singer, sound designer, competitive chess player? So when the going gets tough, when things get hard, when things get in the way, trials show up, hurdles show up, should you lower your expectations? Is it better to do that? Is it? Or should you rise to the cause? Also, is there expectations that are just inhuman. There's just no way that you can ever achieve those things and you should lower them. Is that a thing too? We're going to be talking about all these things. The third thing that we're going to be talking about is the importance of making your own schedule as a music producer. So I have talked to an enormous amount of music producers and the vast majority of them are like, I'll go to sleep when I want, wake up when I want, do what I want when I want. And that is going to provide the most success for me. Guess what? It's not, that can't happen. The thing is, we only have a limited amount of time on the earth and we need to take advantage of that time. And the best way to take advantage of that time is by creating schedule and structure. Anyways, I've already given away too much information about that subject, but we're gonna be talking about it in great detail. And then finally, the fourth thing that we're gonna be talking about is the thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Do you need to go to school? Is it integral for you to go to school 
in 2020. Do you need to do that? Is it integral for your career? Is it going to help you or is it just a waste of time? Is it a scheme? Is it just going to teach you habits that are not going to benefit you in the long run? We're going to be talking about all these things, answering all these questions in this week's episode. So before we get into the episode, I do need to mention that this week's episode is sponsored by the Zodiac Masterclass. Now, if you haven't heard about it yet, where have you been? Come on. It's absolutely amazing. We've had so many people sign up for it already. Zan Griffin, who's just an absolute legend, went on to put out an album that got over 100 million streams. Anyways, he went on to get an enormous amount of success with this album, and he broke down every single song inside of it. So if you want to learn how to make an album that got over 100 million streams, learn every kick, every snare, every sound, every melody, every mix, every master, every everything, if you want to learn all of those things, then go ahead and check out the Zodiac Masterclass. Now you can find that in the description of this episode, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on podcast, doesn't matter. It's down in the description. Head on over to dawnation.net. It is over there. You can get more information over there. So let's go ahead and ask our absolutely, I got a list right here, lovely, alluring, captivating, delicate, who is the absolutely integral member to our team. He's the chief of staff. He's the manager. He's the janitor, Ben, to introduce us to Pluco and take us behind the doll. I want to welcome everyone to this week of Behind the Doll. We're honored and we're blessed. We're super excited to have Pluco. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Dude, I'm doing really good. I just ate a bean and cheese burrito and it was really quite gross, but I'm really excited for this because this is going to be way better than that <laughs> bean and cheese burrito, all right? <laughs> yeah, this will be fun. Good, man. And to break the ice, get everything going, you know, really get you, you know, in the right mindset. I want to know something that is like really profound about you, something that's really cool about you, something that not very many other people know or something that not very many people do, like something that's really, really interesting about you. So like, tell us something about yourself that would make you seem really, really interesting. That's a good one. I think I would say something along the lines that uh, I'm super obsessive with everything that I do. A lot of people probably think that I just write music, but I'm actually really into like film and photography and really into fashion. And I'm really into like business stuff. And like, as soon as I find something that's interesting, I just get fully engrossed in it and fully dive in and explore. I'm just that type of person, like same, any aspect of music. Like I just got a guitar recently and I've been playing that for a couple hours a day. And as soon as I get into something, I just can't stop. I just go full force. Of course. And so with that, you know, you being obsessive, because I think we're on the same page. I think I'm the same way, but I'm going to find out a little bit more. So when you're obsessive about something, like when you find something new, how long does that obsession last for? We talking a week, a year, a month. What are we talking about? It really depends. Obviously, the music obsession has been a thing for three or four years now. A lot of things kind of come and go. Like I'll be really obsessed with like interior design and I'll look at magazines. There's this magazine Lux and I'll look at things like that or like Architectural Digest for like a couple of weeks and then I'll move on to something else. So there's kind of like two different types. There's like the long-term things. Like I've always been interested in photo and video and obviously music, but other things like interior design, like tiny little things. I always get obsessive with everything, but some things kind of phase out. And then the things that I really care about usually stick around. So do you feel like being obsessive over something like how you're saying with music or film or whatnot, do you feel like it has been a blessing or a curse for you? It's definitely both. I think it's the reason why I'm here today with everything with music and all of that, just because there were a lot of times where I easily could have just given up or compromised for something that was more traditional. Like I just graduated high school and all my friends just went to college and it feels really weird that everyone's going to college and I could have compromised and gone to college and put music in the backseat, but I'm still going full force and 
still want to push everything out of this. So it's definitely a blessing in that way. I mean, I get super invested in people, which can kind of not end well. And I like expect a lot from people just because I'm so like invested in them. But lately I've been getting a lot better at kind of lowering my expectations and letting people be people, you know, and just kind of like not having expectations for anyone, you know. I see what you're saying though. I think that people that are going to be listening to this podcast, they're going to start putting the pieces to the puzzle together in their mind, which, you know, they could theorize and say that you're quite young to see the success that you've been having. And that's awesome. But I think the thing that they could like start piecing together in their mind is like the reason why he has the success that he has is because he has been obsessed with it and put in a ridiculously huge amount more time than the person that's older and hasn't seen more success. Would you say that the reason why you're seeing so much success at the age that you're at is because of the obsession that you have? Oh yeah, absolutely. I definitely would give 100% credit to that. I mean, I've always loved music, but I became so like obsessed with the rise of like electronic music on SoundCloud that I was like, I can do this. Like I could totally make this. So that just the obsession with being a fan turned into me wanting to write it. And then it turned into me wanting to learn everything behind it from the music theory to the technical stuff of Ableton and all that. So I would give 100% credit to that obsession for who I am today. Yeah. Amazing. Obviously, in order to make it in music, in order to do anything, to be successful in anything, you do have to put in an extraordinary amount of time and effort. And I foresee someone maybe looking at like, well, when you're obsessed with something could mean like an unhealthy relationship. It could mean you're putting in too much. It could lead to bad results because when you're obsessed with something, not only do you want to do it all the time, but then it consumes your thoughts. And if things aren't going the way you want it to, it can completely destroy you. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like your obsession that you have with music is actually a healthy one? Yeah, I think it's pretty healthy. I mean, when it comes to all the technical stuff, like I recently announced that I'm finishing up my album and I've been kind of coming to an end on that. And the obsession is definitely like, there's a lot of tracks where my whole team is like, this is really solid. And I thought it was really solid. And then I keep listening to it and I keep hearing these things I need to do to it. And then I have myself fully convinced that it's a garbage song. Like I said, I've been getting a lot better with kind of controlling that and just distracting myself with something else or writing a completely different style of music. Because right now, as far as the album goes, there's not too much that I need to do on the production side of everything. It's more of just all like the business side of everything, but just the fact that I have it and I still have the chance to do stuff to it kind of drives me crazy sometimes, but not in like a super bad way. You know, it's not like I'm losing my mind or anything like that. It's definitely not that bad, but yeah, I definitely catch myself worrying about things a little too much. I mean, a really good song and I'm thinking that it's sounding like garbage. And then I take a step away from it or I play it for someone that's never heard it before and seeing their reaction kind of puts me back in reality and makes me realize that the song's not as bad as I think it is. I think you're right. You're hitting the nail on the head of what I was looking for is that obsession in some regards can be really, really good. Like what you're saying, because you was so obsessed with everything, you've been able to move forward so quickly. But on the back end, usually a price that you have to pay for that type of obsession is like the mental instability that comes with that. Because you're obsessed with it, there are things outside of your control and when there's things outside of your control, inside of an obsession, it drives you freaking mad. For a really great example, right? One of the things, because I'm much like yourself, like whenever there's something, I want to know everything and everything there is to know about it. That's why when I got into Marvel movies, all of a sudden now I know like everything that you could ever know about Marvel movies because I was so obsessed with it. But one of the things over the last year or so that I've been really obsessed over 
is internet marketing and in particular like using social media marketing to grow businesses and to grow like fan bases and stuff like that I've been so consumed by it and over the summer we launched a course and you know I was so obsessed with it that when I didn't see the results that I wanted to even though most of the time I did see the results I wanted to and even better results than I thought I would have the times when I didn't get the results that I wanted to it consumed me that's all I could think about when I was with my kids that's all I could think about when I was trying to sleep that's all I could think about when I woke up in the morning it was the first thing that I thought about and it was so consuming but so what you're saying is that you don't have that right now right you don't have that type of consuming nature is that what you're saying I don't know. I feel like I learn really quickly and I definitely learn from like my mistakes. For example, like I'll put out a song and I think it's going to do super well and it does absolutely nowhere near as well as I thought it was going to do. And like stuff like that used to just totally consume me. I think that I've been learning a lot lately about dealing with that and what you create, all the reactions that are happening from that, just taking all feedback as good feedback and just learning from it and just doing it better the next time. You know what I mean? And I've tried to kind of flip that whole thing around and not dwell on anything because life's too short to dwell on stuff. And you're not going to get anywhere if you just keep kicking yourself over this song, not getting a million plays, or you're looking at this person and seeing what they're doing. Why can't I do this? You know, you can only learn, you can only get better. And I just like to stay as positive as possible because that's the best environment for this kind of work and for any work, honestly, and for life in general. You bring up a really good point of like releasing a song and not seeing the statistics that you were planning to see. That's probably one of the most discouraging moments of any music producer's career, just because I can guarantee, like, at least for most people, the first thoughts that come into your brain is, is it really that good? Am I really supposed to be doing this? Did I do something wrong? Or it's on the other flip side where like, these people are so stupid. And then you start blaming other people. And it's like, oh, it's because of this person on my team or because I did this or, you know what I mean? It's quite a vicious route. So I want to know, let's say, let's give us a scenario here where you release your album, right? Your album that you were just talking about, right? It is an album. It's not an EP, correct? The new album that I'm putting out. Yeah, that's an album. Got Class it, okay. 19 was an EP. Cool, yeah. cool. Let's talk about the new album that you're putting out. So like, heaven forbid this will happen, but I want to know what your mind state would be if this happened. What would you do if the release date came and you saw like a tenth of what you were hoping to get? It was like dramatically lower than anything that you would have ever seen. You know, it's not even just like, okay, it's a bit lower. It's like, what happened? Like kind of a thing. What would your mindset be? What would you do in that situation to make sure it doesn't consume you and drive you freaking nuts? Because that's happened. You know, it's happened to a lot of people that listen to this podcast. And so I want to know what would you do? I mean, I've really been taking my time with this and getting as many opinions on it and making sure everything's perfect so that that doesn't happen. But if it would happen, the first thing that would come to my mind would be trying to find some sort of blame for it, whether it's the music not being good enough or people not working hard enough or people at X streaming service not giving it enough attention or not even listening to it, whatever it is, not putting it in playlists. I would instantly try to get to the bottom of why it happened. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I would just keep growing and keep pushing through. I mean, lately I've had the mentality of like, I'm not going to college and I'm jumping straight into the quote unquote workforce, but my friends are going to be in school for the next four years. And I like to think that I'm still learning over those next four years. So I really don't want to put any high expectations on myself until I would be going into the workforce anyways. Do you know what I mean? I think right now I'm just kind of going full force with music, but I still understand that I have a lot to learn. I just want to make music that I love and that I hope other people love and just put it out and just see what happens. You know, that's kind of the point where I'm at. 
it feels really good. I mean, it's going to be a different story when the album comes out and we'll see how people actually think. But yeah, I mean, I still need to get it done, obviously. <laughs> yeah, man. And I think that is one of the best mind states that you could ever have. I'm going to go back and touch on the first points that you talked about in just a second. But the one mind state that you have is that you actually literally expect that because you are in the beginning, because you know, you're still trying to figure a lot of things out, you're kind of expecting that things will go wrong. And when those things go wrong, you're going to go fix them. You're going to find out what happened. And what was the words exactly that you said? You said something to the extent of you realize that you're still in the beginning. And so things are going to go wrong and that's okay. That's totally fine. You're expecting that to happen. It kind of makes me sick inside to think about all the careers in music that people quit because they didn't have that mindset. They had the expectation that the first time they released something was going to be amazing. And then it wasn't. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I must suck. Or just people aren't ready for my music or whatever. And then they just quit. And like, it makes me sick to think about that because I'm sure that has happened a lot, like a ton, like probably the majority of the time. But I really like how you're saying that if something happened, for example, if you release this album and again, heaven forbid, it did dramatically worse than all of the expectations and hopes and statistics would say that you'd be like, okay, there is a reason why this is happening. It's not just some mystical occurrence that no one can explain and we're just got to accept the course of reality. No, there's a reason. There's an answer out there for the reason why it happened. Maybe it's because someone forgot to email someone. Maybe it's because of XYZ reason or maybe the certain playlists aren't picking it up or because of this that maybe you're putting in front of the wrong audience or something is going on. And so then you will take the step forward to figure out what that is and then to fully implement it to be able to fix it. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I think that with every aspect of life, everything happens for a reason. That's like my biggest kind of philosophy behind everything, whatever it is, family, music, business, anything. So yeah, like if that would happen, I would just know that that's happening for a reason because maybe if I got the plays that I wanted or got the attention that I wanted, the music wasn't ready. And like, I, it was my one shot to expose the whole album and no one liked it. So then no one's going to care anymore. You know what I mean? Like if it doesn't do well, then that's just me. Like, okay, like there's a reason why no one heard that. I'm still like in the development process. I still need to figure out X, Y, and Z before life presents me the opportunity to put this in front of as many people as I want. You know, like that's how I think about absolutely everything. And that energy that I get from realizing that it's happening for a reason, instead of just kicking myself and not doing anything like the energy I get from realizing, okay, like this was a total flop, let's fix it. And then I work twice as hard the next time, you know? And I think that's really powerful. And I think that that's something that's really difficult for people to kind of grasp and for that to implement into their life. Cause it's so difficult to just flip the switch in your brain. But if you can kind of get the mental power to flip that around and look at it from that perspective, that this is happening for a reason. Now you need to double down and make it 10 times better. Dude, I totally get it. And I'm starting to connect a lot of dots in my mind. For example, it's going to seem like I'm trailing off a little bit, but I promise I'm not. I'm going to come back and it's going to make sense. Okay. I remember when my wife and I were first married reading this book and in the book, it talks about if couples spent as much time on their marriage as they did planning and executing their wedding, their marriages would be better than they could ever imagine. Now thinking about this, I'm so guilty of putting in so much time into learning the craft, into creating the song, and to putting the marketing and the release schedule together. But I do not put in the time to create an OCP. And an OCP is an oh crap plan, where if something goes wrong, you have a plan in order to figure it out. You're like, oh crap, 
Maybe your song gets taken down because the algorithms think that you're sampling someone else's song and now you can't put it up. Maybe so-and-so gets really mad that you put it up because whatever reason, right? Maybe this, maybe that, maybe something in between. You need to have an OCP, man. You need to have an oh crap plan where if something doesn't go right, it's okay. It's okay that it didn't go right and you're just going to go through and you're going to figure out what it is and you're going to fix it. Can we agree with that? I mean, nothing is ever going to always go right. I mean, even the people that you see that right now, it seems like everything's going right. They'll always be running into obstacles. Life isn't perfect, not for anyone, not for the biggest stars in the world and not for the kid in his bedroom trying to figure out how to write beats. It's not all going to be ups. For an example... When I first started putting out music with my friend, I put out this track, Breath, and it's kind of like my first track that did really well. Seeing those numbers happening and all that stuff was just so exciting and just totally rewired my brain to be like, the next one needs to be better. And like the next one needs to get double as many plays and that whole kind of mentality. And I soon realized that clearly that doesn't happen. And not every single time is going to be exactly what you want. You're going to get some slaps in the face. And that was a tough lesson for me to learn. I was 16 at the time when that track was blowing up. And the next couple of tracks I put out after that did pretty well, but they just weren't doing as well as the first one. And so my expectations were really high. And I was like, what's wrong? Like, why does no one care anymore? You just kind of have to realize not everything is going to go your way. And if it's not, then there's something that you can do to fix it. It's happening for a reason. Uh, yeah, I don't really go into things with the quote unquote backup plan, but I never see not meeting my expectations. I never look at that and be like, I suck. I'm never going to be good enough. I kind of flip it around and turn it into something positive. I'm really glad to hear that, dude. Kind of switching gears a little bit. This is a subject that is very touchy in my mind but I want to address it because I feel like it's going to be touching other people's mind. And if it's touchy, that means it needs to be talked about. And it's the concept of schooling and everything of that and going to school and especially with music producers and people within the music industry, there's this constant battle of should you go to school for music? Should you not go to school for music? Should you go and get a degree in something else to have a backup plan? There's like all these pros and cons and stuff like that. But Man, I can't tell you how many phone calls I have on every week of people asking me, like, should I go do this school? Should I go to that? Should I go to college? Should I, and so on and so forth. So I want to know, man, what is your genuine thoughts about going to school as far as college in general? Yeah, that's a great question. My opinion on it is very complex, but the overall kind of theme of my opinion is I think that school isn't as necessary as society makes us think it is. And I think that they put a lot of pressure on kids that they have to go to school right away and they have to go graduate high school and go straight to college. I think that that is pressure that a lot of kids can't take. And then they pick a major that they think that they like at the time, but they don't know anything about themselves. I'm very blessed to know that I love writing music and that's what I want to do. And to have found that at an age where no one really knows what they want to do, I'm very blessed to have that. But I also can see all of my friends around me not really knowing what they want to do. And like, that's okay. Like that's completely normal, but there's all this pressure for you to pick a major and go straight to school. And some of these schools are like $60,000 a year. And the first two years, the kid might not even know what they're doing or not even want to be studying what they're studying because they still haven't figured out their life yet. That's kind of like part of my outlook on it is kind of like the whole pressure thing because school is getting so expensive. Another side of my opinion on schooling is 
obviously if you want to be a nurse or like a doctor or a teacher or whatever it is, you need a degree and you need to go to school. But I think if you want to be a music producer, you don't really need to go to school. I have learned everything that I know now just off of YouTube and like Ableton manuals and just figuring it out myself and just kind of putting everything together. And a lot of the stuff that I've learned throughout the last couple of years is something that you can't teach in school. And it's something that you have to experience in order to kind of understand. So I think that for people that want to do something like that, like they want to start their own business or they want to be like a painter or they want to be a music producer or whatever it is, I think that there should be no pressure to go to school for any of those things. As soon as you're interested in them and you realize that that's what you want to do, like start putting in the time and kind of teaching yourself all of those things. And then something that should be a lot more popular is taking a gap year or two. Kids that want to be a music producer, they're like, okay, I'm going to spend the next year and just fully grind on making music and fully grind on trying to learn all the business side of everything and try to figure out how to do what I want to do. And say two years goes by and it's just not really working or they're just not as passionate about it anymore. Like you can go back to school. Like the pressure that you have to go right when you graduate or you don't go at all is so absurd. Clearly, I have no issue with school, but I think that there are ways around it. I agree with 98% of everything you just said. The only thing I don't agree with is the thing that you said, like, you don't have an issue with school. I have a huge issue with school. But with everything else that you were saying, you're right. I think it's important to note that there is some careers where there is no way around it. You have to go to school, period. Yeah. Like, I don't want someone doing surgery on me if they didn't go to eight years of school. You know what I mean? Like those type of people need to be in school. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want a dentist ripping out my tooth if he's like, yeah, I've watched a few YouTube videos. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. I, I don't want a lawyer that's like, yeah, I used to watch Law and Order all the time. I'm good. There's those type of careers for sure. But I would say that those type of careers are the marginal examples. That's like, I don't know, less than 1%. The rest of the vast majority of careers that are out there do not require a degree. Our society has just kind of melded that into us that they need it. I mean, you're talking to someone who has a degree. And the other night, I went back to my old college and walked the campus. I can't begin to explain to you how sick I felt on a lot of different levels. And the reason why is because if I would have took the time, that time and that money that I spent at that university, and I would have listened to the inner voice because the inner voice was always there saying, I kind of feel like I'm wasting my time here. I kind of feel like I should be doing other things because right now I have an interest in music but I'm sitting in this biology class that has nothing to do with music. I'm sitting in this chemistry lab that has nothing to do with music. I'm in this math 990 class that has nothing to do with music. I'm spending an inordinate amount of time every single week dedicated to these classes where if I would have dedicated not only that time, but that money into learning the things that I would have wanted to, my gosh, the progression that could have came from it, it's just kind of sickening to realize. But then what makes the sick feeling even more is that that was just with me. What if this was on like a national level? What if this was with so many other people? What if it wasn't just with music producers, but it was with woodworkers and business owners that want to start a restaurant and painters and dancers and all these other kinds of things? What if it was on a national level? Well, guess what it is? So it's not just me. It's an entire nation. I mean, I'm not totally against school, obviously. I think that there's a lot of great things that come out of school. I mean, I definitely agree. It's way, way overpriced. But for a lot of people, especially nowadays, there's so much opportunity to 
explore and figure out kind of who you are, all thanks to like the internet and just the connectivity that we have now. I never would be anything close to a musician at all if it weren't for the internet and for SoundCloud and for all of that exposure. You know, I would probably be going to school right now to be like an architect or an interior designer. That's really what I used to be into. And I probably still would have been into it if I never had that sort of exposure. And a lot of people, people like Gary Vee and stuff like that, people are kind of seeing them and being like, okay, like if I want to make a clothing company, like I don't have to go to school to learn how that whole thing works. I can learn online and do it myself and save the money and use YouTube as my teacher and learn from that. I think that it's such a powerful tool and it can completely create careers and inspire people to do like incredible things. But for someone that's lost, if they have the opportunity to take a gap year and like if their parents are cool with them, like staying at home and still kind of figuring out their life. And then maybe during that time they realize, okay, what I want to do, like I can do it without going to school. Instead of spending over the course of four years, spending six figures worth of money going to school, I can spend $10,000 to start up my new clothing company. You know what I mean? Like spend 10% of the money that I would have spent and do what I really want to do and, and do it now and not have to wait four years. There's a lot of opportunity now that's different than how it used to be. And I think the whole college thing is going to change over the next 25 years because right now, like college tuition is going up greater than inflation, which is like insane because these prices are just going up for absolutely no reason. Every college is just kind of doing it because all the other colleges are doing it. And it's just getting so out of hand. I think people are going to start to take a step back and be like, okay, why are we doing this? Either that or the schools are going to have to kind of like, one, get cheaper and two, kind of adapt to this new change in technology. And nowadays, like if you're getting a degree in some sort of technical or like modern degree, by the time you're graduated, it's going to be so outdated. You're going to not even be able to get a job in that. I don't know. There's just so many aspects of it. And I could talk about it like all day long. Bottom line, I'm not opposed to school, but I think that there's a lot of ways around it. And I think that there's way too much pressure on kids and it's cracking them and it's making them make decisions that they don't really want to do. And I think that that kind of needs to ease and kind of let kids breathe and figure out who they are rather than like snap and make them figure it out in a couple of months, you know? You're absolutely right, man. And you're right. And I should clarify that there are some good benefits to going to school. It's not that school is evil and not going to school is the best thing. I'm not trying to say that. There's definitely a lot of good things. Like, for example, I met my wife at college. How fantastic is that? There's tons of great things that can happen like that. Like, if I was going to school, I'd be going to Penn State University, which is where my parents went. And it's just what I would want to do. It's only like 40 minutes away from my house. And it's kind of just like hometown. And I'll go up there on the weekends and hang out with my friends that are going there and go to the football games. It's a lot of fun. And I can tell that they're having like a great college experience there. There's a lot of things people say like about the college experience and I'm not getting the full college experience right now, but I don't really think I'm like meant to get the college experience. I've kind of had the adult experience and like the going out and flying places by myself and playing shows by myself and kind of figuring life out. But at the same time, like I love to have a ton of fun with everyone that I meet and obviously all my friends still back home. I think I have a pretty good balance between the whole like quote unquote college experience and also still working a lot and still grinding, you know. I see what you're saying. You're right. There's a lot of cool things and good things that could happen inside of school. It's definitely more so like the price for value offset is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, of course there's value in eating this cheeseburger because if I eat this cheeseburger, you know, I'm not going to die. I'm going to have food to sustain me. But what happens if the cheeseburger is $10,000? It's like, oh 
mm, I don't know about that. There's still good things that happen at college. It's more so like, is the value for price ratio still there? Yeah, I mean, I think the ratio is going down a lot. More and more, it's not worth what you're paying. And like I said, I think that humanity is too smart to continue to let that happen. So I think that there's going to be a big change. My prediction over the next 25 years is that either a lot of people will start to not go to school or the schools will hopefully kind of get a little more smart and kind of adapt to how everybody is changing and get cheaper and more valuable for what you're learning versus continuing to go to school except paying 60 grand a year. Hopefully everyone kind of gets it together there. I really hope you're right because it's really painful to watch. So we went down that route. That was a very good route. I'm glad that you walked down that route with me. You know, one more thing just to quickly add on top of that is that, you know, I think one of the reasons why society has told us so much that school is kind of like that necessary ingredient into a successful life is I actually believe it's a half truth because I believe that came from past societies. So past from like from our parents and our grandparents age when really it's this thing that you get from school that actually allows you to have a successful life. But people think that the only way to get that thing is from school. And really what that thing is, is education and knowledge and wisdom, right? If you have education, wisdom, and knowledge, you can do anything. You can convince anyone to do anything. You can sell anything to anyone. You can go into any business and thrive. As long as you have that education, wisdom, knowledge, you know, trifecta, you're good to go. And back in the day, when we didn't have YouTube and the internet and online courses and online mentors and things like that, college was only the real, like realistic thing that you could do to get what you were looking for. Where nowadays, that's absurd. You can get it anywhere that you want to now in any subject. You could go to YouTube and if you wanted to, if you wanted to learn how to play the centaur or centaur, what's, I don't, I know one of them is a horse person and one of them's an instrument. I don't know which one's which, but if you want to learn how to play both, well, guess what? You can go to the internet and figure out how to do it. And for like way cheaper than any college is offering at all. And so that's why I still think the cultural score and the cultural influence that comes to school and stuff is kind of rooted in that thing where it's like, well, in order to get like this secret key, the secret upper advantage and all that kind of stuff, you have to go to college. I just don't think that's the case anymore. The evidence doesn't prove that. It's very outdated. But I also think that obviously we have the internet and we have all these great tools and they can teach us everything that we need to know to be like the most successful people in the world. But you can know as much as on the internet and still not be successful. I honestly credit like 50% of what I know about everything about music and the industry to the internet and a lot of it to just experiences with people. Like clearly I learned how to like compress from YouTube and stuff like that. But like getting inspiration from human interaction and learning from people and kind of like taking advice from people and seeing what you're doing is reflecting on other people. And like the experiences that I've gotten, if I wouldn't have had any of the experience outside of my studio and my house of me writing music, I would be nothing. I think that going out on my own and getting on planes when I was 16 to fly and meet people that I've never met before and play in front of people that I had no idea if they knew my music or not. Like that whole concept and everything that came along with it, I think really shaped who I am in the best way. And that same thing, like no matter what you're doing, say I wanted to make a clothing company and I can't make a clothing company and get those human interactions from my small town. You know, like if I start this clothing company and it's doing well, I want to move to like New York or something and start talking to more designers and start talking to more people that are kind of help me not only grow my business, but kind of like mature and get that feedback and like 
learn from the patterns of everyone else to kind of like shape who you are and like your whole outlook on everything. I think that experience is so much more valuable than the knowledge that we get. Obviously the knowledge is essential or else you wouldn't get the experience, but I think that the experience is 10 times more valuable than the knowledge. You know, that's a really good point. The experience that you have with people, because at the end of the day, I mean, really what profession, what skill, what can you go into and just have the knowledge of the subject, but not have the experience and still thrive? Is that even possible? I mean, you're just embarrassing yourself at that point, and which is like what I did the first couple of times I met producers and started talking to them about stuff. It was very obvious that I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew all of the nerdy stuff and I didn't really know anything else. And that's totally fine. Like I was never really like judged for that. But internally, I was like, they probably think I'm an idiot right now because I keep messing up or I don't really know what I'm talking about or whatever it is. I'm trying to listen to what they're talking about. And it's so foreign to me. At first, it's so intimidating and everything that you know is so useless unless you kind of like get that feedback and kind of figure out how to use it. You know, like I'm still discovering like, oh, I learned that a while ago. I can really like adapt that to what I'm doing now. And like, I would never have known that without the experiences that I'm having. And I think that it's so important. I agree, man. I think we went down a very healthy route, even though it's still painful for me to talk about. I still feel like it's a very healthy route and I appreciate you indulging me and walking down that route. So let me ask, you know, we've been on here for, you know, uh, roughly 45 minutes, you know, we're getting to the time where we kind of need to be wrapping up now. But I mean, like, is there any other concept, concern, subject, things like that, that is weighing heavy on your mind right now that you really want to talk about? You have this chance now to say things that you'll probably never be able to say in any other interview. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Honestly, it's actually really funny. I mean, like everything that I've been kind of thinking about and like being concerned about and just like pondering has been stuff that we've already talked about. Like I said, I really think that everything that happens happens for a reason. And there's all these little signs in life where everything kind of clicks together. I have like these books that I write all of my ideas in and whether it's ideas for a song or ideas for an album, I'm just reflecting. I have a really good day or I have a really bad day. Like I write them down or there's something that I'm kind of struggling with mentally, like writing it down. When I see it on paper, I'm like, okay, like this isn't even a big deal. And one of the biggest things that I've been going through lately has been all of my friends just went back to school like two, three weeks ago or something like that. And just seeing all of them going and me not there and still doing what I was doing. Like I've always been doing music and I've been getting in and out of school for the last two years to do all the things that came with music. And now everyone's going to school and I'm kind of still doing that, but now I don't have school. So it's been like this really weird feeling. And so I've really been like reflecting on, okay, like calm down and understand like, this is happening for a reason. And like what you're doing isn't possible by doing what everyone else is doing or else it's not going to be substantial. It's not going to be anything important. Like if you're doing what everyone else is doing, then the product of whatever you are, if you're a teacher or if you're a musician or a painter or whatever it is, is going to be just like everyone else. And it's not going to stand out. Yeah. It might be enough to keep you afloat and to keep you somewhat happy with your life, but it's not enough to kind of like fully satisfy what you want to do. And what I'm doing and what I want to do for over the next couple of years, and not only with Pluco, but just with like Sam and who I am as a person, I personally don't think it's possible with doing what everyone else is doing. So that's kind of been like my biggest thing that's been going through my brain is trying to put that into perspective and just to understand that I'm still doing well and still going along, even though it's not what everyone else is doing, I'm still just as well off as everyone else. You know, it's definitely been like kind of like a internal battle. When everyone started going back to school, I'm like, okay, should I be going to school right now? Like, 
waiting on the back burner and watching everyone run away, you know, but that's just kind of been the biggest thing. And it's so funny that that's what you want to talk about because that's really been like my biggest thing that I've been not really struggling with, but just kind of mentally dealing with, you know. I'm really happy that you're not only willing to talk about that, but that like the stars aligned in this moment. And it was actually something that you were really, I don't say struggling with, but it was, you know, weighing heavy on your mind. That's pretty freaking awesome. Is there any other pain points that are weighing heavy on your mind right now that you want to talk about? I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm just kind of like chilling. I mean, besides all that, lately, my like kind of next step in my whole life and career, I've just been trying to learn as much as possible on my own. Like I used to hate books and all that stuff. I know this is kind of going off, but this is kind of keeping you updated on uh, Sam's life right now. (laughs) But I used to hate books. And lately, I've just been like getting really into books and like biographies on really like intelligent people and people that started incredible businesses. And right now I'm reading the Steve Jobs biography and just kind of like learning as much as possible about things that aren't necessarily music. That's been one thing that's really a new thing in my life that has been really good. Another new thing has been every day when I wake up, the first thing I do is I walk over to my studio and I have this little notebook and I just flip to a new page and just put Monday to do and everything that I want to do that day, everything that I need to do that day. And then like anything that I want to learn that day and making sure that by the time I go to sleep, every single thing's crossed off because now that I don't go to school, I have like no schedule. And if I wanted to sit around and do nothing all day, I could, and no one's really going to stop me. I mean, I might get a call from my manager in a couple of days if he's not hearing from me, but there's no like teacher, there's no boss. Like I'm kind of doing what I want to do. And so that could be really dangerous. So I've been waking up and like anything from like make bed to like make two new songs today, or like, say I have a couple phone calls, like right now I'm looking at my list and one of them is this interview. And when I'm done, I'm going to cross it off and then move on to the next thing. You know, like the other day it was researching uh, this thing called Robin hood, which is like stock investing for kind of like beginners and all that, like do research on this topic or whatever it is. That's kind of been another big change in my life. That's been super positive something as simple as making a list. That way, as soon as something pops into my head, like, oh, I need to go to the bank today to deposit this check or whatever it is, I write it down. And then, because usually I would just forget and then I would get around to it the next day. But anytime I want to do anything, anytime I want to learn something, that's in reason. If I say that I want to go skydiving, obviously it's not going to be on today's list. But whatever it is, I line it out and just put them one after the next and fill up the whole page and then get to it and don't stop until it's done. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, like now I can sit around and play Xbox or watch YouTube or whatever it is. But yeah, that's been like a super big change in my life that obviously it's not that big of a change if you look at it, but it's been a big change in kind of how it's affecting my life and how I'm implementing it into my new workflow. And you know, if I could add on to that, dude, how you're saying like you used to hate to read books and now you're kind of, you know, looking into a little bit more. I couldn't encourage you enough to keep doing that. And I actually, funny enough, I got some homework for you. All right. Does that sound good? Yeah. There's a few books that I really want you to read. If you haven't read them yet, if you have like high five, I'll send you a pinata. But if you have it, then these are probably the most influential books I've ever read in my entire life. And so I feel like they could really, really help you. First one that I really encourage you to check out is, do you know a guy by the name of Zig Ziglar? I don't think so, no. He's so huge inside the entrepreneurial space. His books have been like world-renowned, amazing things that have been around for years. And I can't for the life of me remember what it's called, but it's a book about setting goals. So if you literally go to Google and you type in Zig Ziglar goals, it'll be there. And 
the reason why is this is because he talks about this concept of how he was interviewing this huge like Fortune 500 company uh, person and this guy was so efficient. He can get so many things done. And it was talking about kind of the concept that you were talking about. He does it a little bit different, but basically is this. The way that he was able to get so much done and stay so efficient and grow so quickly is because every day he had these things called the big six. He would take a little card that he could write on. He'd write down everything he needs to do. And then he would bring up the six most important things that needed to be done. And he knew that if he got those six things done, it was okay to wait to the next day to get another six things done. And if you did that every day and you got the most important things done every single day, you didn't go to sleep until those six things were done, the amount that you would grow was exponentially through the roof. It was insane. You just reminded me of that. And I wanted to bring it up. Like it's absolutely incredible. And then the other thing he really focuses on like the power of goals and how to set them properly and stuff like that. And the story that he used that he said in this that really, really resonated with me was this. He's like, Imagine a guy who was blindfolded and he was shooting a bow and arrow and he hit his mark like a bullseye, like right in the middle of it. That'd be astounding. People would be like, oh my gosh, how could he do that without seeing it? And he's like, let me ask you an even better question. How do you hit a mark that you don't even have? And that was kind of like the entrance into setting goals and setting goals properly and everything. It's like, yeah, how are you supposed to achieve a goal if you don't even know what the goal is? That's the first book that I would highly encourage you to check out. All right. Does that sound good? Can you check out yeah, that book? Yeah, that sounds like exactly right up my alley. Yeah. Okay. I perfect. have it on Google right now. Perfect. <laughs> the second one that I want you to read, actually the next two are from a guy by the name of Andy Andrews. Have you ever heard of Andy Andrews before? I have not. No. This guy is more of like the, how do I say this? Zig Ziglar is very good at giving you like actionable things to do and bringing up concepts here and there that'll motivate you. Andy Andrews is the best at like putting the internal fire inside of you and igniting it so much that it gets you super pumped to get everything done that you want to get done and like just fill you with passion and happiness like he's that kind of guy and the first book that i want you to check out is called the traveler's gift by andy andrews by the way you don't have to read any of these you can listen to all these if you want to are you a reader or are you a listener more of a reader i honestly never listened to anything i was neither i didn't even start reading books until like two months ago honestly but yeah, it used to be something that I had a lot of trouble like paying attention and kind of like comprehending everything. But it's funny, as soon as I get out of school, I don't have to read any of the books that are kind of forced in front of me. I all of a sudden have this interest in books that I care about. And now I'm actually reading them <laughs> and understanding them. Which is awesome, dude. Which by the way, if you're more of a reader, which some people are, that's freaking awesome than read. If you want to give listening a try, because to be honest, I can't read that well. My mind is the way it works. I just can't focus. But listening yeah, is like the greatest hard. thing in the world. Anyway, so just for anyone that's listening, if you'd rather listen, high five. It's not only an option, it's a great option. Anyways, Andy Andrews, The Traveler's Gift. I'd highly encourage you to do that. I can actually say that that book is one of the number one books that absolutely completely changed my life and the way that I viewed the world, the way that I viewed my decisions, the way that I viewed my happiness, the way I viewed everything. It's like, I've read that book like six times and every single time I'm like left in tears because it's just the power that comes from it. All right. All right. Yeah. I have that one pulled up too. Perfect. The third one is also from Andy Andrews. It's called The Bottom of the Pool. And if there is one book that I've literally read in the last year to two years that like completely shifted my thought process with to how to view growth and how to view like business, dude, that book will blow your freaking mind because all of a sudden you're going to realize the tactics that are taught in there is things that are with not only within any industry, but particularly in the music industry. And you're like, oh my gosh, everyone should be required to read this because the music industry would be completely different if they incorporated what was in this book. And so 
go and check that one out as well. That one's really, really good. And then the fourth and final suggestion I have for you is called The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Have you ever heard of him before? No, I know Grant Cardone, but I've never read or heard of that book. No. Perfect. 10X Rule. It really focuses on how to really view your potential and being able to do things. Basically, it's this, is that there is this very common and very painful belief inside of society of a roof of potential. We all kind of say like, oh, the human potential is unlimited. But who really thinks that? Who really lives as though that is true? How many times have we heard that's not realistic or don't do that because you can't achieve that or, oh, no one has ever done that. Therefore, that can't be done, you know, like so on and so forth. Right. And so Grant Cardone, like totally just throws that into a shredder and was like, these are the things that you need in place to really meet your full potential and to achieve heights and see vistas that you didn't even know existed, but that you always had the potential inside of you to reach. Now, I come from a small town, much like yourself. You come from a small town, about 8,000 people, right? Yeah, very, very small. Yeah, I come from a town of 244 people. (laughs) So I know the small town mentality of, you know, the most that you will ever become is the owner of a farm. And that's really painful to really admit that like, oh my gosh, that was the mentality that I grew up with. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But those are some, you know, hearty books to get into, not only for yourself, but for Dawn Nation that's listening as well. But uh, are you excited to check some of those out, my dude? Yeah, man, those sound really good. I mean, I definitely want to check out the 10X rule. That sounds like something really good. But uh, yeah, I have them all pulled up, man. As soon as I'm done with this book, I'm not letting myself buy new books until I fully finish one. So That's a great idea. Yeah, that way I actually get them done because my attention span isn't the greatest. So sometimes I kind of am like... Uh, I want to move on to the next one. But yeah, I got to finish this one first. But thank you for recommending those. Those Absolutely, dude. And that's really great. I'm really proud of you for doing that, for finishing what you have and then moving on. Don't get shiny object syndrome. Finish what you got and move on. I like that. Uh, (laughs) But no, dude, this was a really great interview. Is there anything else that you want to say to Doll Nation before we head out? No, nothing too deep other than thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for uh, some good, intelligent questions that kind of get the brain moving. I like that. I'm happy, dude. And it was a pleasure having you. So the last and final question, like, did you have a good time with all of this? Absolutely. Yeah, this was great. I love talking about stuff like this. This is usually a conversation that I have privately with my friends that are going to school or like my parents or whoever it is. I feel like I don't talk about this kind of stuff on uh, my perspective of like my whole like music side and the whole Pluco side. So I'm glad that I could share my mentality and kind of the way I look at things with everyone. Thank you for providing me the opportunity to do so. Yeah, this was great. What's up, Don Nation? Did you enjoy that? Did you learn a lot? Now, don't head out yet because the episode is not over because there's a few things that we need to cover before this episode is over, okay? But before we cover those things, I would just like to remind you that if you like this episode, go right below this video. Or if you're on the podcast, go somewhere around the podcast. It might be the left, right, corner. I don't know. It's it's somewhere. Go somewhere and hit that like button. Unless you didn't like it, then go ahead and hit the dislike button. But whether you hit the like button or the dislike button, we'd love to know why. You can comment down in the comments. In fact, I've been extremely active in the comments. Seriously, I'm trying to answer back every single comment that comes in every single day. So go ahead, comment down below. Also, make sure to hit that subscribe button and the little notification bell. Don't forget the little notification bell. Don't abandon and ignore the notification bell. He does not deserve that. Make sure he's included. All right, with all that out of the way, let's talk about these other things of value that we have for you that is going to help you out. First thing that we want to talk about is in the doll. What the freak is in the doll? You're on behind the doll. There's an in the doll. Twin brothers, twin cousins. Yeah, kind of actually. So behind the doll is where you're at right now. It's where we interview music producers, music industry experts, singers, songwriters, sound designers, 
a lot of different people on that spectrum, and we interview them on an emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis, right? We talked about that in the beginning. Now there is In The Daw. In The Daw is more on the technical side. We invite huge music producers to come and they dissect their songs in real time. It's really cool. So if there's a producer, you had a really amazing song, and you're like, man, I really wanna know how to make that song. You scour through the internet, how to make this song by this person, and there's someone else showing you how to make that song, but they didn't make the song in the first place, and they're messing up, and nothing's quite the same, and it kinda sucks, ah, oh, it's terrible, right? In the DAW is the solution to that. You actually get to learn how to make the song straight from the music producer. The guy actually shows you how to make it, right? We've had people like Levitate, Biometrics, Slippy, Sand Griffin, AU5. You know, if you go back in our archive, you can find people like Mo Step, Fox Stevenson, AU5, again, Quick, said the sky. There's a whole bunch of people in our archive. And so if you want to go watch that, go ahead. You can go watch them. They're over here on the Daw Nation YouTube channel. Those are the green episodes, by the way. Look out for the green episodes. They're really, really freaking awesome. So you can also partake of them on the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, you can just find them over there on the Daw Nation podcast as well. The second thing I want to talk about is our courses. So you have been partaking of our free content, which is amazing. This stuff is just absolutely incredible. But if you want to take your music production skills to three different levels, four different levels, literally all the levels that are available and that are in stock and inventory, right? If you wanna do that, you can. You can head on over to dawnation.net. Right now, we have the Zodiac Masterclass, which again is Zan Griffin breaking down how he made his album that got over 100 million streams. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of streams, right? If you wanna learn how to make an album, literally learn how to produce an album that got over 100 million streams, then go check out the Zodiac Masterclass. The second thing that we got is the School of Bass. Now, if you really like AU5, you love really advanced sound design, you wanna learn how to make sounds that no one else is making and be able to make them unique and create your own sound. If you wanna learn more about that, then go check out the School of Bass. All of these courses are over on dawnation.net. You can go over there. There is also a link down in the description. But now, Dawnation, the big question is, who would you like to see on Behind the Daw? If there is someone that you want me to interview on Behind the Daw, go ahead, comment down below. Everyone is available, okay? So if there's a huge music producer you want me to interview, comment below. If there's a music industry expert that you want me to interview, go ahead and comment down below, right? So like, for example, we've done an interview with the CEO of Trap Nation. That was awesome. We've done an interview with the label manager of Seeking Blue. We've done it with uh, the label manager of Deadbeats. We've done a lot of people like that that aren't necessarily music producers but are totally worth interviewing. So if you have someone that you want me to interview, go ahead and comment down below. No answer is stupid, no answer is unwanted. I would love to know your thoughts on who we should have on the next episode of Behind the Dot. Now, if you can't comment down below, if you're listening on the podcast, send me a DM on Instagram. Come on, you can send me an Instagram DM. It's 2020, you can send one over there. I'd love that, that'd be great. Which, by the way, if you like this episode, doesn't matter if you're watching through YouTube or you're listening through the podcast, if you like this episode right now, seriously, right this second, take a screenshot and tag me on an Instagram story. My handle is at daw underscore nation. I would love to hear from you. I would love to know what you liked in this week's episode. And... You might even get a little something something if you do that, okay? So go ahead and tag me on an Instagram story and tag Pluko as well, okay? That'd be really, really cool for him. So, Dot Nation, I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Behind the Dot. So I'd highly encourage you to come back here next week for our next episode of In the Dot. So if you want to check out In the Dot, come back here next week. Dot Nation, thank you so much for coming through this week. And with that being said, we'll see you next week.